All right, so this is our first podcast for Directions Behavioral Health Centers. Um, you know, we wanted to we wanted to do a podcast called Conversations with Addicts. I've been getting my balls broken for quite a while to do it. It's not something that I was like rushing to do, but um, but I wanted to do it. And then I brought in you know my man Freddie, Freddie Batone. I guess it's not anonymous. No, no, no. <laughs> Nicest cocaine here to in the city. I mean, listen, if you walk into a fucking joint, you see Freddie. You know, that's the guy with the 20s of powder coke. All right? You know? So, I figured the best time to start is when my good man Chris was up here. You know, um, I've seen Chris at his worst. I've seen him at his best, uh, which I would say is now, man. He's really living a recovered lifestyle up until this point. You know, he's been a maniac, and I know that for sure. But the, the great part about Chris is not just what he's done and where he's been, but the fact that, like, this is a kid who had a real shot at a professional basketball career, right? I mean, scouts from all over looking at him, broke all kinds of Catholic League records, right? Catholic League or did you play some other college? College, college, right, yes. I mean, he fucking killed it, but he was a drug addict. He was a junkie, and, 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 and like, all addicts, like, he put all that in a pipe and smoked it, literally. Mm. Right? Yeah, smoke so, it, snort it, whatever you do. <laughs> exactly. I'll snort yeah. you, I get you like. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's like for our first podcast, you know, what's been going on in Philadelphia is something we should talk about, right? The um, injection site. The injection site, exactly. Everybody's been going crazy, people protesting this and that, you know what I mean? And people were driving me nuts, sending me messages, what's my opinion, this and that, everybody wanted my fucking opinion on it, and I, you know, like. Uh, um, I don't know, I posted one thing and got attacked, you know, I, the only thing I posted was that, you know, they've done this around the world in other places and had a lot of success with it, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, if you're... I mean, whatever success is. Yeah, if you're in this industry and you're not looking to help with harm reduction, then you should be out of it. But they're rolling it out the complete wrong way. Right. 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, you just can't come up with an idea and say, this is going to work. You know, it's a part-time place. I mean, we were talking about it earlier. Who's going to wait, you know, to go from 10 to 2 to do their stuff? I mean, you hit on it. I I sold drugs and did drugs. I never... You sold, well, well, take it easy now. Yeah. You sold drug shit. You well, know, I got immunity being on this fucking show. No, immunity? <laughs> no. I, I lived a while ago. It was seven years ago, so you... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, oh, right. it was... A, yeah, well, it's not taxes. Seven weeks ago, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to wait for an audit. Only a couple times yesterday. But the thing is, right... I don't care who you are. I've never seen anybody wait to do it. Like, as nah, soon as you get something, they do it immediately. So this site, I think people are going to do what they do in between two parked cars, walk to the site, save a little bit, they get in, they get warm, they probably get a cup of coffee, a donut, it's raining. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they got to listen to somebody talk to them. they got to listen to somebody talk about yeah, bed yeah. bug shit and a diaper. They don't know what they're saying. They're whack. They don't want to listen to them. Yeah. I mean... It's a nightmare. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's that's the, my point was exactly, and then my point exactly was no addict is going to go to 7th Street or Kensington cop, right, and then hold it till they get to the injection site to use it, unless they don't got a rake. Like, that would be the only reason is they don't have a rake. Other than that, they're not doing it, right? And, 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 and a guy says to me on, on, on Facebook, he says, how do you know what addicts are going to do? Mm. <laughs> yeah. How do I know? Yeah, yeah. I think we have an idea. Yeah, yeah I have a but then, but then you take people, you know, say hypothetically, you know, someone likes to really enjoy snorting their drugs. Mm-hmm. So I go up, 
and I go to go in, what are they going to do? Tell me to step my game up? No, you can't snort in here. Right. You know, you make a good you point. Know, go stick a needle in your neck. Then you can come back. You know, we're only going to accept you. You know, and then there's people out there like, see, it works in other countries because they're dealing with a heroin epidemic. We're dealing with a drug epidemic. It's very rare that people don't like to smoke crack with their heroin here, don't like to do meth with it, don't like to do coke with it. So what's the problem? Like, you got to smoke your rock on the outside, and then you can come in and do the dope. None of it makes sense on the rollout portion of it. You know, oh, you got to shoot your coke up outside. What are they going to do? Test it? You know, they're like, oh, bring it in. We're going to test it for fentanyl. I hate to break it, everybody. They for want the fentanyl. Yeah. You know, the, when people die down in Kensington, they're like, where'd they get that bag? I want to. So they think it's harm reduction. It's not with that. It's not Nine, with the drug. Ninety percent of the people that do heroin smoke crack. It's a combination. Yeah. It's like a Tyson. Sure. It's like a Tyson hook uppercut killer combo. Right. Yeah, so the whole rollout between, you know, the hours where they were putting it, and they snuck it in. I mean, we all know they snuck it in. No one even knew it was even being proposed for South Philly. They put it next to, you know, in the same building with two daycares, you know, a Malvern Clinic, who probably wasn't even in the know with it. If we're three blocks away and they don't return our emails to see what they're going to do, you know, helping out with treatment and everything, yeah. nobody's in the know. No, nobody knows. They, they just think we're going to open the doors and it's going to clean this up. It's not. It's not even going to make a dent in it. You know, so the thing about that is... I looked at when they did the uh, press conference, Ed Rendell, this one, that one, right? Not one recovered drug addict no. in that group, right? And, you know, look, I'm a huge believer in the treatment model. I'm a huge believer in the fact that we need to get help. We need therapeutic help. Listen, 99.9% of us, without a doubt, are trauma, you know, PTSD, we have a lot of trauma, and that's where the addiction comes from. It starts there, man, you know? So I'm a believer that those people have some place in helping us recover or get over that bridge, right? Right. But what I'm but I do know is they do not understand the way the brain of the addict works. Yeah. Like if I'm not living it and I'm not working on it and I'm not maintaining my, my sobriety, that idea comes across my mind, opportunity arises. I'll leave footprints on my fucking kid's back right. with their piggyback in my hand to get out the door. The problem you try to tell that to a regular person, they don't get that. No, and the people that are doing it, whatever this <clears throat> thing is, they don't have a fucking clue. They don't have a clue. They're running an injection. Even if this works, that's not helping people recover. No. And they're putting it at a daycare. It's like the, what's that show? The Walking Dead. Just walking around little kids. Yeah. Why do they have to see it? Because other people... What, they don't want them to get high. They already have an injection site. It's between Fifth Street to Broad Street right, yeah. and Wolf to fucking <laughs> more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and on a legality standpoint, what are the what are the laws? What if you pick up a kid that has two bundles in Northeast Philly and he has possession on him? He's like, no, I'm going to do this right. I'm I'm right, getting a ride down to South Philadelphia to shoot my drugs. So how, you're basically having to legalize everything in order to do this. And what are you going to do? So if someone the, drives himself down there, are you going to give them a time period before they can get back in the car? So now people are getting, so we might as well just have a lane on the highway with bumpers for people that are intoxicated driving home from the entire, you know, Yeah, right. People rush to do right. heroin and leave them. What else, too? What are you going to arrest the owners that are over there? Don't think the owners are going to be over there? Oh, they're going to hang outside. But why? They're not wrong. They're doing what you want them to do. Well, so that's the thing. In the other countries where this was done, right, and where they've had success with it, like, for instance, Portugal. I think it was 2002 that they legalized, I think 2002, that they legalized all drugs, right? So you go there and you get it by prescription, right? And then you bring it in. You can transport 
The cops can literally stand outside of this injection site and just arrest everyone walking in. There's automatically probable cause and knowledge that they're carrying drugs. If I'm walking in that business building, I'm carrying drugs. It's almost entrapment. It's bullshit. It is entrapment. Yeah. It's it's a nightmare. The whole situation. I don't. I I think the whole injection site thing is fucking nuts. I don't think it works. I think it's stupid. People want help. There's a way to get help. It's the way that works. You know what I mean? You gotta find the other power. You gotta go when you're ready. You gotta go somewhere, separate yourself from the drug, and you gotta change your life. Yeah. You're not gonna get clean and live like, like I mean, it's, it's hard to do. It's hard. Well, I, I tried to be clean and be better at living a street life, and never worked. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with, I agree with that as well. Uh, you know, but the, you know, just to play devil's advocate on the other side, you know, we have a huge HIV issue here. Hep C, you know, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, the the diseases in Philadelphia, you know, are stemming from a lot of drug use, and I I get that, and, you know, I remember when Kensington changed, you know, like, when I was a kid, it was, it literally changed within, like, a year, you know, we go down there to play soccer, and then the following year, we go down there to play soccer, and both teams are walking the field looking for needles so we don't get stuck, Mm -hmm. so everybody, you know, on the harm reduction side, you know, until a parent, you know, you go to Needle Park, until your kid is walking in the summertime and steps on a HIV-infected needle, now you're going to be for the safe injection site. Right. It's just the rollout is just awful. They're, they're, they're not rolling it out. And then you compare it to other countries, like, you know, you compare it, you know, save in France, or I don't even know if France has it, but if you compare it, like, France is the size of Pennsylvania. Their drug, you know, this is a countrywide thing that they're trying to start in Philadelphia and roll it out. Our problem is much bigger. It's a much larger scale. For and, sure. and I think, you know, this is just my opinion, I think we're rocking out in this country in a different way than the world. I mean, the opioids, the amount of opioids, I think we, we, we put out 90% of the opioids, opiates, you know, in the world. That's we can exactly. say this, I didn't shoot heroin, but there is no safe way to shoot heroin. No. If you shoot heroin, it, it's, it's a, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. There's no safe way you to snort it. No. There's no safe yeah. way, there's no safe site, there's no safe yeah. place. That lifestyle is dangerous, and that's what goes along with it. Yeah. There's other ways to deal with it, and that's it. People need help. Exactly. I agree. I, I mean, agree. And, and they're looking at, you, you take a look at Kensington or Camden or some of the bad places, and that's what they're painting the so-called junkie. There's just as many functioning at coming from a functioning addict. There's so many more people out there that you're not even touching on the tree. We can't even get them to come into treatment. When you say functioning, would you consider the day you drove your, your truck into a track eighteen wheeler on Oregon Avenue functioning? I'm uh, functioning that day. Yeah, I'm sure that's <laughs> yeah, I just want to make sure that yeah. that's yeah. Yeah. on my way to work, never miss work or anything. <laughs> so what that I would never go to that site because you know I'm in a suit and I don't want people to see me. So of now course. now you're only really focusing on you know, the quote-unquote junkie that you see, but there's a whole demographic there that's not even being touched that are, is never going to walk into there. So what, what's your end goal? I don't know what the what, hell their end goal is. And what is a functioning ad? Because I don't think that's like, I thought I was. Yeah. I was a functioning college basketball star yeah. on everything, living like a maniac. Yeah. But because I could score 20 or 30, yeah. was I functioning? People that went to my college would tell you I was totally out of control. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All right. So is there a functioning ad? I don't know. A lot of people just walk around and present themselves nice. I did that for a while. I could fool you, but I ain't fooling, I ain't fooling God. Right. You know what I mean? You're not living yeah. right. And you're not being the best you could be. And that's really what life's about, motivating each other and being the best you could be each day. I don't care if you're a doctor, a mechanic, just be better and help people. Well, that's what it, I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to, right? So whether or not you, you believe that this site's are enabling addicts to use, um, <clears throat> or um, 
you know, that there are danger to the daycares that are in the building, or you know, or they're or they're or they're going to lower the HIV rate, all this stuff. It can't work with just that one thing. Like, here's a building you can shoot dope in here. It can't work like that. There's so many variables that were unlooked at, right? And you take like. You know, like suddenly Ed Rendell standing in the background. Right? Mm-hmm. Watch, you watch. If you watch, where did that, he come from? I thought. Well, if you just so so Teresa. Ed Rendell's a fucking diaper. Well, Teresa, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Teresa looked it up, and he's on the board. And he's on the board of this company, and that's another thing. That's so what's called safe site or some S- shit. Safe, um, safe, uh, haven. safe. Safe my balls. Yeah, it's safe shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. safe yeah. shot. But they, you know, they go on a press conference and they're like, "We we're open to inquiries. We we will get back to everybody. We're a treatment center three blocks away. Never we reached out to never, us. Never ever. And, and we've because reached out to them and they have not responded. Because they, the the goal is not to help the people. No, I don't know all the business of it, but I'm sure they're making money from it somehow. Yeah, yeah. Somebody. I mean, to me, you know, I mean, this is just an opinion. But Kensington Real Estate, when that neighborhood is good. It's some of the best real estate in the city. You know, they have the L. Those storefronts can be beautiful. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't put put a pass anybody that they're trying to push the problem away from there to build that area up. Well, they are. Yeah. I mean, if that, you look, yeah. listen. Well, I've been to Kensington in the middle of the night, both sober and 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 using. Me too. Right? Never, it's never, never sober, but I've ventured there a few yeah. times at night. So, <laughs> but, but there's blocks and blocks and blocks and blocks with no lights. The street lights have been shot out, yeah. right? And then, and then you go to like under the L, and it's it's like night of the living dead, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I often go there on, like on Friday night to the CA meeting at um, at the last stop. The last stop. So you're driving back, and you're driving down. Kensington Avenue heading towards South Philly, like toward Delaware Avenue. Right. And suddenly it goes from being like blacked out sirens and zombies everywhere to like hipsters and yuppies pushing up a baby strollers up the street. Like, yeah, walking dogs. Walking dogs and all, and like yeah. beautiful condos being built and all these like, these like hip restaurants and stores. Right? The crazy coffee shops. That- right. There's all this stuff. And, and a few blocks away, man, people are just dying. There's that, that, um, that uh, that Instagram Kensington Beach, right. yeah, right, and everybody yells, "Oh, this you know curses this guy out." And the guy says, "Listen, it's awareness. It's awareness, and uh, yeah. what's happening? Well, anytime there's an epidemic in the country or any other country, you know, governments they they lean on experts that done the research and everything. Right. In this situation, the experts are the former addicts. We're the experts, but no That's... one wants to look at us as the experts, and no one is is really sitting down and consulting with the experts because we don't have PhDs and med- but I'm telling you, but you do have a they PhD. don't know shit. Yeah, I yeah. have a PhD in this lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. Ed Randell does it. I'm like the junkie genie. Yeah. I can literally put a date on when you're going to leave the program and get high. I play every position in that life. Everyone. Right. From a pawn to whatever to a maniac. However you want to say it. And the, the Kenji Ken Beach thing, that guy's smarter because why do people watch it? Because it starts out as a joke, they laugh at it, and then yeah. they say, "Wow, this is a sin. These people need help." The points behind it. Yeah. Listen, you can bring all the people you want. So they, their argument was the safe injection site is going to bring addicts to a place where we can get them resources, right? You can bring all the people, all the addicts you want to that site, right? The real problem lies if they're uninsured, yeah. uh, or even if they have medical Medicaid assistance, yeah. right? BHSI and CBH which are the companies that fund treatment in Philadelphia, 
make it impossible to get treatment. Exactly. They make it impossible. Especially because and most people been the treatment a bunch of times. They don't want to keep doing it. But that's the people that need treatment. Right. I've been to treatment a bunch of times. It didn't work. Now this time it did. I've been kicked out of 19 rehabs. I went to 20. Right. Well, of course. So the 20th I mean, won't work. Yeah. So if they would have gave up, I would just be getting ready to go to the snort site. Listen, snort I have that argument. I have that argument with therapists and clinicians all the time. They're like, oh, well, we can't take this person back because last time they were here, they did this and they did that and this. And I'm like, listen, if you knew the things I did, yeah. right? If, if people said to me, you can't come back to treatment because of the things you did to get high, yeah. I would have been I would have been fucked. I fought and got high at every treatment center. Yeah. I fought it, most of them got high at a few of them, always asked to leave and never come back. Well, it's funny because you see politicians, you know, like Rendell, that are standing out there, and, you know, he's one and the same, you know, throughout the city. You know, all these politicians, they, they say they want to help the opioid epidemic. We've reached out to politicians and said, we have two scholarships for your community. Right. We've never gotten a call. Mm -hmm. Scholarships, you know, saying if someone comes to you, one of your constituents comes to you and their son, daughter, whatever, we're going to place two scholarships. No one calls. Listen, I don't want to say the guy's name. Nah, yeah. I went to... No I names. Went, no names. No names. No names. <laughs> no names. No fucking names. Don't ever mention no names in here. Never know. Never know what you're mentioning. No, don't ever say names. No names. Anyway, I don't want to say this guy's name, but I go to... I knew nothing about it. Wasn't invited. You know, I own a treatment center in this community, a community where I grew up, where I terrorized this community for years and years. I employ nothing but addicts who've recovered from the disease, right? I mean, I also, I employ therapists and stuff, but I'm saying, I try to employ in everything other than therapist position. You employ cuisine. I employ cuisine. I try to employ alumni from my programs. I try to, people from the community who, who terrorize the community, who now got their life together, they're recovered from the disease, right? And these people, for example, throw a, um, an awareness thing, right? I know nothing about it. I happen to be driving with my wife, right? And I see this sign that they're having this thing at the Mummers Museum. I walk in, of course I know some people there, there's tables set up for treatment centers. There's a, a table for uh, the, uh, what do they call it, a place where you buy weed? The maintenance place? No, There's tables for pen, medicine, it's this and that, right? All these fancy things. Now, I walk in, so I sit down. The guy who's speaking knows me, starts talking. While he's up there speaking, he starts talking about how I was a, you know, an addict in the, in the community, and now I own this treatment center here and all this stuff, right? So a woman comes up to me after he's done speaking and she's hysterical crying, her sister just had the other, whatever. Sister has no insurance, she cannot get in treatment. She keeps taking her to 509 Spring Garden, I won't name the name of the business. She keeps taking her to, uh, to uh, 1309 uh, Spring Garden, another business, I, I think it's 1309, I'm not even sure, right? And she can't get her in treatment, right? She asks me if I'll help. I said, yes. We had her in treatment the next morning. Right? Um, I let them know that in my new facility, I offer two scholarship beds at all times. Philly's probably more than that. It's probably more like five. And, and, and honestly, in, in all honesty, you know, Florida facilities got more than more than two, but I offer two at any given time is what I let them know. 
I then had Rob contact our office that he wanted to come and meet them, right? And, you know, tell them how we would offer it and anything we could do to help the constituents, this, that, and everything. Nothing. Nothing. Nobody ever called him back. Big, big fucking hoopla at the Mummers Museum. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. This girl's crying that her sister can't get up. Thank God I happened to walk in the door. Thank God. You know, you know what we believe? We believe it's 11th step, right? right? My conscious contact with God said, let me stop and go in here and see what this is about. Mm. You know, God directed me. I don't drive on Washington Avenue, I, whatever. I go in here. Thank God she gets help, right? I try to reach out to this guy's office because I'm in his community where he's supposed to be serving the constituents. He's throwing a big, I want to help fucking drug addicts night, right? And he has zero to say to me after that. Not even so much, right, as to say, let me stop there and see what your place looks like and how you can help my constituents. But they're on fucking TV about a safe injection site. Mm -hmm. It blows my mind. Blows my mind. Blows my mind. They're out of touch. The world's world's off. Instagram and Percocet's ruined the world. Fake became cool. (laughs) Instagram and Percocet's ruined the world. Fake became cool. Reels coming back slowly, and there's a lot of problems. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Instagram and Percocets. Ruin the world. This generation. <laughs> well, Milligram like, Percocet, I'm curious. 30 and up. 30 is not a Percocet. That's oxycodone. Uh, uh, yeah. Come on, don't, don't, don't get it twisted. On the street. No, I don't want to be on, on this podcast and have a guy on there that doesn't know the that whole 30 Philly, is not a Percocet. It is, though. The whole Philly's on Percocet. Yeah, yeah. You go on the street and say, let me get out. Uh, what'd you call it? An oxycodone. An oxycodone 30. An oxycodone 30. What? Let me get a prick 30. Right. Let me get a joint. So it's a, a joint. Let me get a joint. It's definitely a joint. And I've done enough joints in my life to know they're prick 30. But for whatever I For the record. But for the record. Yeah, like the pharmaceutical record. Yeah, the sure. Street, yeah. Prick 30. Yeah. The only difference is Percocet's that Tylenol. So listen, that brings me to fuck this safe injection conversation. It's a stupid idea. It can't stop. You and I both know. They learned their lesson. Keep yeah. your mouth shut. Sneak yeah. this joint in. Somewhere. But real quick, before we jump off of that, yeah, the, the biggest thing that that is that is overlooked is you know sometimes the privately owned treatment centers in the area get a bad name, but unbeknownst to the community in which the politician should be on on TV stating that you know this is a good thing is we all work together, whether it's competition or not. We we're on the phone constantly with each other. So there's, if the politicians really want to get involved. It's it's rare that we can't find someone treatment because everybody kind of works you know in very well together and it's just I mean, there's no communication for no, sure nobody's being updated on what the hell they're doing. Listen, with. I've been trying to get CBH funding here. Yeah. I've been trying to become a provider for CBH since the day we opened. Right? It's a request for proposal process. Yeah, it's RFP. And up until three months ago, they hadn't offered an RFP. From since 2008, over 12 years, and when I would call them, bro, one second, when I would call them, you know what they would say? We have enough providers. Enough providers? They have three. Huh? They have like three that we can send. (laughs) Yeah, the wedge, the net, and Alice's. There's a few others, but like just in this area, right? 
the woman that gave it to the politicians yeah. should have a Rocky statue and brought a bikini over. I guess. But she yeah. tore it she off. Won. Yes. She tore it she, off. She's yeah. the reason it all switched. The oh, best yeah, part, you know, Ed Rendell just put his head. She, he couldn't even look her. Because she was out. real. Yeah. And you Kenny. know it's messed up because Kenny didn't even show up to the conference. When people are real, when someone's like, real, you can't de- you can't deny when someone's real. Yeah. It's a real thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. It says more about you if you're not feeling someone's real. I don't care if you like them or not. Right. Well, you know what? Everybody's really in touch with what's going on. You know, it sucks that we have to deal with the drug epidemic. It sucks that it's so bad in our city. But realistically, you know, the common for we're it's we're t- everybody's touched by it. And you know what? There's unions out there that even have AA meetings, NA meetings in their union halls. No one's ignoring it. But this is not the answer. This is not. Nobody's going to agree with this, especially yeah. the way they're rolling it out. I mean, you know, like I said, I wanted it, like kind of skip to a, another subject yeah. and um you know they stopped it there we all know it's going to happen yeah what the purpose of it is what the purpose of it is beyond me and i'm not against harm reduction by any means no. i believe in i believe in unlike a lot of people in the fellowships of 12-step fellowships that we know of um I, I'm, a, I'm a believer in you know the the harm reduction model to the extent that it that it's being used to help someone get the help they need, and being reduced like in maintenance cases, stuff like that. You know what I mean? I'm not against it. And and there was a time where I was against it. Yeah. You know, there was a time where I wouldn't have spoke about it. I would have been like, no, I don't want to hear anything. Yeah. But then you see enough kids die, yeah. and you start to change your attitude. So what, what I sort of started changing um, how I looked at it, right. and started putting energy into okay. So maybe someone's using a medication to get to a place. They're reducing it, right? They're showing up at meetings. They got a sponsor. They're changing their way of living. You know, um, they're, they're, they're straightening out their, their life issues. They're seeing a dentist. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're taking care of that cut that hasn't healed. And they're going to a doctor. And they're, they're maybe showing up at court. They're handling their child issues, whatever. And they're seeing a sponsor, they're making meetings, and they're getting, you know, they're starting to have a spiritual experience. Um, I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not for, you know, the handing out of medication. Right. You know, and yeah. just saying good luck, I hope for the best. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I always say this when I talk to staff, and, and I always say that, you know, we need to case manage our lives back in order if yeah. we're going to get sober. You know what I mean? Like, I can remember going into rehab, what, like, 64 months ago. And, uh, and this time I had really ran myself into the ground. And I can remember, like, I had, I had, like, a backpack and a pair of my kids' old sneakers to my name, and nobody wanted to talk to me. Well, you had a lifestyle problem before drugs. It ain't like you just, you don't just... But so did you. Yeah, yeah. People don't realize it's a lot to do with that. Sure. And, you know. But since we recover from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, yeah, like my lifestyle is one hundred percent. You weren't world. always just a junkie. You were someone that knew how to make money and maneuver on the street, and it led, you know, what I mean, party and led to that. You well, know what I mean? I mean, I was in my first rehab at thirteen. Yeah. Well, so it's safe to say that I've been an addict a pretty long time. Yeah. But I've but I've had moments of sobriety or abstinence where I was able to get my life together for a period of time and and because of like let's say making money 
I was able to get by on that. And eventually, that, that, the luster of that wore away, and I become, as the book says, restless, irritable, and discontent to the point where nothing fixes me. No money, no cars, no jewelry, no nothing, but getting high. Yeah. Right? So it, it fixed me to a point where I'm either going to blow my fucking brains out or I'm going to do a bad go. Yeah. All that stuff don't fix you anyway, because I, I tried to get clean in Florida before, and it was when the Heat won back-to-back championships. And the only people that lived better, yeah, the only people that lived better than me in Florida for a couple years were LeBron James and the Wait Wait. Right. That's it. I, I mean, I had I had the car lodge. But there's one thing I know for sure is LeBron definitely don't have hair like as good a hairline. No, I want no. the best. I what? should get after this podcast. I should get a shampoo contract. You should. Yeah. Just for men, I guess. Coogee for men. I don't know. I'll do it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Look at the power coke. That's <laughs> no, no, no. Alfred Freddy the power coke connect. But what's me gonna say? There's levels to this shit. There's levels. <laughs> yeah. Well, he don't wear a slip back no more. He's no. a serious. When it gets longer, I wear it like that. Yeah. Don't ever disrespect yeah. me on the air again. Uh, let me ask you a question. That's sort of a like a, a throw. That's like a surfer. Sir, like a sir, beady you know, type chain on his neck type of thing. See what I'm saying? 100% that. Not you know what I'm saying? Shells. Shells. Yeah. Shells. I bought him a shell necklace yeah. last week, a choke shell. piece. Yeah. Not like a, not a hanger. I don't know what a shell is. To me, shell's a gas station. No, you know what I'm saying? Shell necklace? Yeah. 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 Shell necklace. yeah. I won't wear a shell necklace with your neck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, I mean, um, the other the other thing that... Lifestyle. Can that, I tell my cartoon? We're gonna let Chris tell his cartoon. Alright, so this cartoon's about lifestyle, okay? Wait, 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 real quick, let me ask you a question. It's is animated it, in my head, but go. It's animated in your head, but is this cartoon like an after school type thing? It's or? for like kids. I'm probably thinking like Skinamax. fifth grade to like tenth. But anybody will get it. There's a point behind it. Alright, okay. tell, tell right, here's the cartoon. It's a football game, right? The devil pulls up in that thing. That thing's like a machine. They're playing Lucifer Sunday in the morning. <laughs> He's got flashy uniforms. His equipment sucks. He gives you shitty pads and all. He runs a lot of trick plays, flea flickers, handles, all that nut stuff. God, gold, white, standard uniforms. They walk out with their chest up. They're singing, oh, happy day when Jesus washed. Right. They're, they're singing that. So, yeah, the devil's cheerleaders are smoking. The devil's got a bunch of gold chains. Wait, can I ask a question? Can I ask a question? Why would the devil have shitty uniforms? They're flashy. They're sick looking. The equipment's shitty. You're not listening. Oh, I'm okay. Fast. Oh, you're right. Maybe I missed I'm not talking fast. You're just listening slow. Catch up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So where are we at? The devil's uniforms. You're sure the devil's uniforms are fire. His equipment is a nightmare. God's got great equipment. The devil signs you the big short-term contracts. Three years, 30 million signing bonus. Boom. God, don't do that. But God gives you a long-term deal. You know what I mean? You might retire with a golf course. You're healthy. You still got the pads, the good pads. God runs the ball up the middle every play. You know what's coming. You can't stop it. The devil runs flea flickers a lot. Once in a while, there'll be like a cornerback on God's team peeking at a cheerleader, jump ship, go to the devil's side. We got to get him back. You understand the metaphor? Yes. It's a good metaphor for kids. Now imagine it's animated. Devil's got like red or whatever. He's got gold on. He's in the car. God's standing there real serious. Run the ball. It's a good question. So in other words, God... God is longevity. Well, let me get, let me, it's longevity, but it's not as exciting, but yet more rewarding. More is rewarding, not as exciting, and you got to do the next right thing. You know we're running the ball right up the middle, but you can't stop us. We're stronger. 
We got the good pads. Who would God use to run the ball? Bettis or Sanders? Oh, I, we're running straight at you. You know what I mean? I think so we're like Marshawn Lynch in it. You know what I mean? Oh, Beast mode. Oh, Marshawn. You know what I mean? Right yeah. up the middle. What are you going to do? Okay. Kujin. So Kujin cartoon. And I think it'll be good. Why is everything called Kujin? Because I'm Kujin. You know? It's a Kujin cartoon. Yeah, yeah. This is a Kujin cast. Right. Nice. You keep it up, I can be a Kujin slap. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, the slap rooms. Yo, Polly out. Listen, so... You bring up an interesting point with that story, right? I want, you get the point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should I break down the point? I think they're interesting. No, I think most people are intelligent enough to get the point. If they're not, they can call in, and next week... We'll if they're it. not, next week I got a new cartoon. We'll double down for them. Yeah. You can do have a cartoon that explains that cartoon. Yeah, cartoon that explains the cartoon. Right. Exactly. Be me so, so I'm going to die laughing if he makes millions off this cartoon. I'm going to make millions off the cartoon. Somebody sees this and they buy yeah, that I know cartoon. cartoon. Next I week, I might, dribble, next week I might dribble three balls while I tap dance and butcher Sinatra songs in it. No doubt. No, no. By the way, I will put. I will. Anybody out there wants to play against my guy, I got. I'll, I'll back you up. You yeah, shooting, that. shooting, shooting. My moving around days, I got most people. Right, but you can bang out 17, 18 half court swishes. Like nobody that. wants. I've no never seen anything like it. Yeah, no. It's amazing. It I've really is. Like it. That's the crazy part. Shooting the ball like that, dribbling the way you dribble, to play the ball the way you played. You you went to Europe, right? I went there on the USA team, and then I fucked it up. I got offered contracts. I was a junior. So, funny story, I went to Europe, right? And I was getting whacked on the plane. We weren't supposed to play the first day. Mm -hmm. And I get there, and we're supposed to play. Now, I don't even do Zannies. I'm doing Zannies, I'm drinking. The first game, I have 48 and 10 assists. I missed two foul shots my whole senior year. I missed four in that game. And I hit a buzzer beater where I stepped out of bounds at the buzzer from like half court. So, I really would have like 55. It's amazing. Yeah, I was killing it. He and he to chose York. to smoke crack. He went to Europe. No, no. I so moved to the Bahamas and did coke. <laughs> he smoked crack for a long time. And, that, and that's well, what the thing. And the thing about that is, these perk 30s people think are cool, right? Well, the crack so was, I was, just the the crack was a metaphor. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, see the perk 30s? In that situation. I was making money doing perk 30s in 2003, four. People, that's like cool now. The rappers say it. Everybody that makes money does 30s. But the thing is, 30s are heroin. You know, I had a crazy hat. I was doing, can I say what I was doing? I was doing 30, 30s a day for a while. That's it. I was doing some kind of I was doing a thousand dollars worth of drugs a day before I would arrive on Express. You know what I mean? Don't count food if I want to go out, if I want to go to a club. Thousand a day. Yeah. Totally nuts. Officially, they're not a sponsor, but huge. <laughs> Oxycodone is officially not a no, sponsor. No, Oregon Express. Oregon Express. Express. But they got a beautiful fucking bacon, egg, and cheese. <laughs> they do got a great bacon, egg, and cheese. Yeah, they do. The bacon's unreal. So, my point was, right, with all that talent, and you are talented, I mean, you know, we all know that because you make 75 Instagram posts a day. Heavy Instagram posts. Yeah, heavy Instagram, Instagram bowl, Stories, right? all story work. All story work, right. So, with all that talent, and let's say uh, maybe you couldn't have made it to the N uh, NBA, right? But Probably you, not. I was a little under that. No, I, I'm not an NBA player, no. Okay, but you could have played in Europe and made some money. Yeah, I could have made good money. Right, you could have had a good career playing in you. Especially right? about to put my heart in it. I was smoking yeah. a ton of weed. I was a mess. Right. So I was turned on by the other lifestyle. Right. So what I'm, what, I guess what I'm getting to, with that is that, with all that talent, all that ability, all that opportunity, you couldn't stop the desire and the need to use drugs. Yeah. Well, for I lived in well, double. Well, let me let me, well, yeah. let me ask you this question. If you look back, 
Like, obviously, listen, you had to play ball from a young age. Your pops had to take you to games. Well, my brother you, was great, too. Your brother was a great player, too, right? So you guys had this talent, right? So um, you knew right from wrong, right? But the minute you got high, like everybody else, you felt like something happened. Like, I know for me, like, I often use, I often use this analogy, like, the first time I got high, I just went, and I fit in my skin, right? So, uh, you see how a lot of people say they got high because they weren't comfortable talking to girls or dancing? Right. That's not me. Nah, right. I first got high, well, partying. I, I'm, like, too confident, and you know how much I am. I'll talk to anybody. I'll, right. dance, I'll dance right now. I'll do anything like that, sober. When I got high, yeah, I thought I was cool for whatever. I lived the jerk off life. But then eventually, I was almost embarrassed because everybody knew me. Yeah. Everybody always knew me everywhere I went. And I would be like, almost go with more of a shell and be calm and mm-hmm. just, just real quick, not look you in the eye. And that's not me if you know me regular. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And well, that's the thing. I mean, like. But yeah, the desire was crazy. So the desire. The first, Kirk, I the took, so the desire took over. But the, the first, first time you used. The first time I took a perk. So I always smoked weed and drank 40s and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The first perk I took. I knew. I said, you're not supposed to feel this good. I was at a party, college party. I threw a college party for the first perk I took. And then I said, you're not supposed to feel this good. I love it. I want to do this every day. And then I used to joke. People that were in college on my team, they would laugh and say, like, how crazy I was. And I would say, what's the difference if it's Friday, Thursday, Thursday in the college night? I'm partying every day. I score 30 when the 30s are on. You know what I mean? When I'm on 30s, I score 30. When them legs come on, I'm going to ball. Just, Just come to the party. But my party would be being seagull and riding around doing what I do and smoking weed and just chilling, you know what I mean? And then I would go to the real party. I was crazy. Yeah, I remember looking at the first person and I said, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And I put it in my, and the second it kicked in, I was like, you can do this a couple times a week. And you know how I started? So because I hustled or whatever, I used to deal with a lot of people that I respected and they had it under control. So I I got a question. As recovered drug addicts, right? And I, I, I definitely, um, I think that this time I've, um, I've made some severe changes, some serious changes in my life that I've never done before. Like I learned some stuff in the Big Book Alcoholics Anonymous, you know what I mean? And, and I've, I've put it into action in my life and it's made some changes and, and I've changed, right? Um, what separates you, us, me? From the person, like, like my son, he came from a town, like I moved him out of Philly, moved to a town where I thought it would be better, the whole town, like he says, he says, I know more people from that town that shoot drugs than I do from South Philly, right? So he took a half a Xanax in ninth grade and never did a drug again other than, you know, like he used to smoke weed or whatever, barely drinks. He always would drink like, he would buy like a six pack and drink one and a half beers out of it. I wake up in the morning and be like, oh my god, thank God he bought a six pack last night yeah. because like and I'd find four beers. Yeah. And I'm drinking, of course. Mm-hmm. Right? But like, what separates us from someone with the ability to do that? I think I think that's something we should talk about real quick. I see like my brothers don't do drugs. Right. I got three older brothers. They don't do drugs. Mm-hmm. They never did. They always would try to talk to they didn't know how to Talked to him. I was just I've wild. been in a few of them interventions. Yeah, you've yeah. seen, you know what I mean? My brother yeah. Mark wants to hit me in the head with stuff because mm-hmm. he's very respectful, normal yeah. guy. Yeah. He does his business. Everybody knows him and likes him. And I was just the opposite. I mean, I, I'm respectful. I know how to act, but I was so crazy. I would do crazy shit. 
What about you, Fred? I mean, like, you went to college. Like, yeah. right? So, I mean, you went to college, but you didn't finish, right? I didn't do anything in college but play basketball. All right. And I got 100 credits. I never wrote my name in college. Right. You finished college. Yeah. You graduated college. Yeah. You went to work. You worked in hospitals. You worked in operating rooms. Did you? Right? Hi. Yeah. Look at this guy. Yeah. With the shell necklace. Yeah, shell with necklace. the shell necklace on. Show. 40 bags. The surgeon yeah, definitely used to hit him up. Yeah, but you got to remember, you know, my career. <laughs> is so, so for me, it was, uh, you know, I grew up, I was one of six, kind of, you know, dysfunctional family, whatever. Three of us are addicts, three of us aren't. So I think when you grow up in a, in a chaotic situation, you're either going to go one way or another. And I tried my hardest not to do it. So you're either scared of it and you know what's going to happen to you, which I did. And I still ended up the way that I did because I found the drug that really gave me relief. So I knew that I didn't want to go there, even though I love my older sister, and I love my mom, you know, whatever, take with a grain of salt, but I do, you know, she she passed on information that was, you know, passed on to her, so I get it, she's a sick individual too, but I had the perfect blueprint of what not to do, and I did it, I went to college, I was involved in high school, I was an athlete, I was student council, fraternity president at college, conquered corporate America, it was number one rep at three Fortune 500 companies, and my the more that I was successful, the more that that pressure built that I didn't know how to cope with. The more you know, I, I just felt like I could never catch my breath. So I was always you know the drinking got more intense, the coke was always there, and then the second I put the opiates in my body, that was my relief. That was something that finally calmed me the fuck down. But then you look at you know and this is what I was talking about earlier about you know the the functional addicts that are out there. You know my career also played into me being really sick. You know, I was taking doctors to dinners and shit. I was, you know, I was getting scripts from them, you know? It was like, oh, there's Freddie. He always takes us to dinner. My shoulder hurts. He went 180 30s. You know, no questions asked. No, no MRIs, anything. And then when the DEA cracked down and everything, it's like, dude, you're not even a patient of ours. Which I knew patient. Then. Yeah, yeah. You're not even... Right. Yeah, yeah, we, we can't do anything. So then it's like, now I gotta get it on the street. I get this fucking Freddie. Yeah. Boring, man. So... You know, you I don't can't get scripts ready. Yeah, exactly. that's what I end yeah. up with. Uh, I woke up, my back hurts. Got yeah, six thousand dirty. Yeah, they literally. There's <laughs> just for a disclaimer, we're kidding. Like, yeah, FBI disclosure. Definitely yeah, FBI disclosure. FBI jokes. disclosure. All right. jokes. But you know, a lot of that played into it. You know, and I was traveling around the country, so I would go meet up with pe you know people in my company in Vegas, and the second I walk in the door, it's like parties here. But the problem is, the people I'm partying with, they're partying hard like that three, four times a year. Right. I'm going every night. Every night. Whether it's going back to my neighborhood in the Northeast, yep. party's going. And I just am not stopping. And for me, it just, you know, it, it literally took me running into an 18-wheeler to wake the fuck up and realize. Mm -hmm. But I was always, I never, because I started at such a young age, I started really heavy drinking when I was 13, you know. So I remember just being like, there's never going to be a time where I can't put a substance in my body. So now that I'm at the point where I'm free, you know, because that, that's probably the, the thing that, that, that hurt me the most was that I, something controlled me that I had no control over. And now that my mind's free, it's like I'll never get And see what he said about being at the point? So my life, I think I got right this time because you know my life. Like, I'm not going to talk about it, but I lived a very crazy life. Like, I did a lot of things to the fullest. So I don't feel like I'm missing anything. Like, I know there's more to life, I've realized. You know what I mean? What matters? Helping people, love, family and stuff. But I did a lot of things that people think are cool or want to do to a very high extent. And yeah, I had fun, but I wasn't happy. I wasn't at peace. You know what I mean? I feel like I was ready. Like, my path, I had to go through all that. 
Yeah. Now, if you talk to a lot of young kids, they'll say, oh, I didn't get to do this or that. Like, I'm lucky because I got to do everything. So what kind yeah, of... Yeah, so, I agree with you on that. Like, so party for, wise going, yeah, I'm going, yeah. to my, going to this place. I, went, I did everything with yeah. major people. You yeah. know what I mean? So, Freddie, Freddie said... Um, he said two, two things. One was relief. Yeah. He finally felt relief when he got high, right? You know, and and the second thing that I think is real important that he said is like it took him running into an eighteen wheeler, the back of an eighteen wheeler, and I seen the pictures. I ran he into ran it. into the back I of an eighteen wheeler. I ran into an eighteen wheeler and it didn't work. It didn't right away, listen. I did that the same he, thing, but he, I didn't. He uh, ran into the back of a parked eighteen wheeler. I seen. No, I ran into a moving eighteen wheeler. Right. Yeah, no, he, he, had, he had a park. All I did was run Christmas one year. Right. Yeah. But should have been there. But should have been there. The eighteen wheeler. There's yeah. no reason it should have been parked in the lower Avenue. <laughs> But, but, like, he couldn't see, like, the damage, right, that he was doing until it was, like, so bad, right? And he woke up, like, for me, like, I spent my entire life as a result of my addiction going in and out of institutions. I mean, I'm in my first rehab at 13. I'm, I'm, I'm a youth study center, you know. The list goes on and on and on and on, you know, and um, and uh, it took me to get to a place where I had lost everything. I'm sleeping in a park. My family doesn't want me in a house. You know what I mean? Like, and and then I'm like, okay, I get taken to rehab. <clears throat> I get dropped off. I have nothing, and I'm like, fuck. Like, why should I get better? How am I going to overcome where I'm at? There's no, there's no shot. Well, when you're right? like, like, I'm, look, I'm looking up the yeah. mountain, and it's like, yes. You got to take it a little step at a time, like so little at a time, right. or so, you won't get through it. So being in this in this field and seeing that constantly, I try to tell, tell patients like that the, the thing about it is, right, like, um... It's like, an, it's like if you walk into a forest you, and you decide you want to leave the forest, you still got to walk out. So everybody does whatever, and they want to get clean, and they want everything back immediately. Right. That's not how it works. Nah. nah, I mean, it took a long time for me to restore my... You gotta walk out of the forest. You know, no doubt about that, but the thing that was harder than the amount of time that it took me to repair my life was just even believing that I could repair my life, yeah. right? So I'm in this place where, like, you know, I've gotten off in, the world's against me, this is how I'm viewing it, you know what I mean? The mountain's this high. I'm never going to climb it. I'm never going to get out of it. I've destroyed everything. I see this all the time. I hear this all the time. And I, and I try to say to folks when, you know, when they come into treatment, like, because I get to see guys, you know, we get to see guys and girls, like, at their absolute very worst. Mm -hmm. They're walking in the door, they're shot out of a can. You know what I mean? They're in bad shape and they're like... Why am I doing? Like I don't know why I'm here, man. Like I'm going to end up back where back in Kensington or Seventh Street. There's no sense in doing this. Yeah. And um. And and uh, I guess that that'll bring me to, like that's something that like I think we should do the next podcast on talk about like how do we get out of that place because yeah. I think that's big information. Listen, we all partied, we all had fun, we all didn't have fun, we all got locked up, we all didn't get locked up, we all, you know what I mean? That list goes on and on and on and on, right? But how do you get to a place where the destruction is so bad, you know you've destroyed everything, and you're going to start moving forward?
Right. You know, like for me, like my family wasn't talking to me, my kids weren't talking to me. Well, that's a big part of it. Like I'm a hurricane. Everyone that comes in contact with me, I torture. I'm a torturer, and I don't like doing that. You know what I mean? Like we're we're Italian family people. We don't like disappointing our family, right? right? And I torture everyone that ever loved me because a lot of people love me, and I used to torture them. And I'm telling you, it's you have to take it so like see one day at a time. It works. All them cliches. I used to say, what are these jerk-off cliches? They work. And see the steps? You used to try to make me do the step. Like, if I didn't see someone who I know you were a maniac, I know how you lived, I know the things you did, and then I seen you change. And at first, of course, I'm like, oh, it's an act. But over time, mm -hmm. I know it's not. I know how you live. I know you help people. Right. And that gives someone like me hope. Right. Because if you were like a That's business, what we do to each other. If you were a businessman that drank too much, that ain't going to help me. That was never me. Right. right. You were a thug that yeah. switched his life. Yeah, and that—that's what helped me. Yeah, I think that's that's um, that's what all of us, you know. And yeah. Frank, you you say it sometimes. You're like, when I first met you, yeah. I was like, oh, this is this guy can Absolutely. help me. Like, you talked about it. What you were saying about you know the disappointment. It was like like I was saying earlier. Like I did everything right, so you know I didn't live at home since you know 17 years old. Once I left for college, I never went back. So everybody on paper is like, man, you know, his older sister was screwed up, his younger sister was screwed up, he has it, and I was a role model for everybody, so that held me back from, of course I had a problem, oh, I wanted yeah. to go, but, you know, the day that I had to go away, my dad's face, I mean, it, you know, it just weighs on you, but those are the people you had to go to, and like you were saying, like, the first time I met you, I was like, this is the guy I gotta tell, you know, and it was like, alright, tell him tomorrow, tell him tomorrow, right. and then, you know, business started going, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna disappoint him, I'm gonna yeah. disappoint him, Realistically, it's like that's where he was put in my. I really believe that. You know, yeah, each life. of us, like I had the opportunity to stop yeah. it before it blew up. Right. And I should have done it then, but you don't know. Your God puts people, it takes what it takes. Puts man. people we in your life for a reason. We have our path. Did you ever seen a Bronx tale when he says the saddest thing in life is race to town? Yeah. yeah. My dad said that to me my whole life. Yeah. And I turned into the saddest thing in life. Yeah. So now I just want to help young kids exactly. or whoever not waste their life. Thinking things are cool that ain't like these rappers and these movies, they're not. You ever see that what you meme? Think? It says, uh, before you judge that addict, um, think that could be the person who pulls your kid out of the right. or something. Well, that, we all know that, you know, even yeah. the people that judge you when you get clean, like, oh, I can't believe he was doing that. How, when their kid, something's wrong, guess who's getting a call? One of us in the room. Yeah, yeah. what, 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 what am I going on with? You know, how, how can I help my kid? Just help me help my kid. So all those, the people that judge you the most are probably going to need your help. Well, the we people that ask you to do that know you're living a certain way now. You know exactly. What I mean? And that's it. Yeah. I mean that 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 that's realistically you know what it comes down to, but it's tough, you know, it's tough to really get to that point, and but the freedom of, of you know just not having something on on your back, and like you said earlier, like I'm great, I, I don't regret what I did because I'm young enough where I have so much more life to enjoy without that shit, and I would no one would have ever been able to talk me into rehab for drinking and coke. No, I want to nuts. You know? Yeah, like you know, I want to, I, I want to. We're probably coming close to uh, the end, but I, I want to say, like, for, for for people who are, like, I thought, you, you just said I'm young enough. I thought I'm way too old. This is the end. Why? What's left for me to do? I'm 45. When I got sober, I was 45. I just turned 50. Look how much you did in the last five years. Un unbelievable. Unbelievable. So it's never too late for anybody. Like, you know what I mean? You live more in the past five years than some people do in lifetime. For sure. For sure. You have a great and life. And, and it's because you help people, recovery. Yeah. gifts of recovery, and you help people. Yeah. That's your main thing. And in a way, the way that we kind of burned the world down when we went down with it, 
Like, I feel like that was our prerequisite to help other people. Yeah. You know, like, I, you had a burn I down, believe that. I believe God chose me from before I was born. He gave me a yeah. lot of gifts and talents that I used for the devil, yeah. and now he wants me to use for him. I it's, believe that. It's pompous to say, right? It sounds pompous, right? Yeah, but it's, we're keeping but it real. I believe, if I'm keeping it real, I believe, and I say this often, and maybe this is my way of getting over the guilt or shame yeah. of my past, I often say that, like, I had to take the path I took to, to, to have the ability yeah. to do the work that I'm doing. Exactly. I would not have been as effective at what I do right now if I didn't have the experience I had. Right. Real quick. No I, doubt. I no got doubt. sent the teen challenge. Quick story. I was supposed to go to North Philly. The water broke. My friend Vinny kept calling my father, send me the teen challenge. He said, what's it for? Gang members and drug, drug addicts. He said, he's both. Send them. I go, you're not allowed to have anything but a Bible. Now, I go to the hardest one in North Carolina because the water's broke in North Philly. Mm -hmm. I'm detoxing. They put me in the choir. I got to do all this crazy shit. You're in the choir? Yeah, they're saying they'll pray for me. Do a little something. I'm going to pray for me. <laughs> Give me a, a fucking suboxin. Yeah, I'll hit a Can I finish the story? Yeah, yeah. You got to hit me with something. I'll hit you with something at the end. Thomas. I got you. Maybe Sinatra. So, with, no, wrap it up with a happy day. Okay. I'll wrap it up with a happy day. So anyway, I couldn't sleep for a week. You can't listen to music. There's no TVs. You can't smoke cigarettes. Eventually, I opened this Bible. And that's what made me find. I wouldn't have found God at a rehab for me, where I eat ice cream and watch the movies. I had to go through this hard thing. And it was a hard place. It was the hardest one in the country. Yeah. But like you were saying, I'd say... Believe you 100% where you said, you know, God bless us with talents. Because me and you were very similar where, where people... You know, we yeah. walk in, people that they like us immediately. You know, we've always gotten along with people, but we gradually turn that into master manipulators. Of course, you know all, all of us. And we manipulate the people that loved us the and most. And if I could add, you both got great hair, too. Phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. You got great hair. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, listen, Chris, um, thank you for coming on, man. Even though you no for the world. This is Conversations with Addicts, brought to you by Directions Treatment Center. Episode one. Episode one. And the album. And um, yeah, I, hope it's, I, I hope it's someone entertaining. Uh, we don't know who the next guest might be. I got somebody on my sleeve. You got somebody on your sleeve? Yeah, we'll announce it later. We'll announce it later. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, um, you know, share thank it, you for download, listening. stream it. Share it, download it, stream it, yep. like it. Yeah, we should be on a YouTube channel, Spotify, and Apple. When it's up and going. Okay. Yeah. Well, Freddie knows all that. I don't. Yeah. I don't even know if this equipment's working. Yeah. Hopefully, Hopefully it is. Hopefully it works. Well. We spent a lot of time. Exactly. Like that. Thanks for listening. Yeah.